Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Paul, back with you. Thank you for joining us. Monday, Valentine's Day. DJ is back. The intrepid wanderer is uh, who was out in California, Southern California. Going to be a movie star, DJ? Were you at, like, <laughs> auditions and stuff? Uh, no. No? Okay. No, what if I was? That'd be weird, though, if I lied to you and was that auditioning would be weird. for You just showed else. up on, like, yeah. some hit show? Yeah, that'd be weird. Isn't that DJ? <laughs> Good to have you back. Thank Good you. to have you home. Um, and Jordana is back tomorrow. She's on her way to Colorado. It, it's nice to have friends that have places in, in other areas, right? I mean, that you master the art of if, if you have friends... In Florida or Arizona or California, she has friends in Colorado that have a place, I guess, on one of the ski resorts. And so, and and her friends have stepped up. All of you have stepped up. Listeners have stepped up, supporting her during this time of of uh, of toil and trouble with her leukemia. But uh, one of her friends said, "Hey, you can do the show." from my condo in Colorado. Just come on out, and if you feel up to it, you can go snowboarding. So she was supposed to go out yesterday. Her flight got canceled. Uh, she's trying again today, and she will join us tomorrow. Coming up in a few minutes, we have an expert at a D.C. think tank talking about what what is Russia's endgame when it comes to Ukraine. Uh, is it to occupy territory? Is it to invade Kiev, the capital? Is it to to get Ukraine back in the orbit of Russia to try to rebuild Soviet Union version 2.0? Is that going to happen? What is Putin's ulterior motive? And our guest coming up has an interesting theory, and I just wanted to expand on that. So stick around for that. In the meantime, couldn't help but notice that um, 41% of employees in Minneapolis are back downtown, according to the Minneapolis Downtown Council. 216,000 downtown employees. That's, again, 41% of the typical pre-pandemic workforce. Four in ten have returned downtown. And I couldn't help but notice that a new survey from a management consultant called Advanced Workplace Associates said that 3% of white-collar workers would like to return to the office full-time. 3%. Apparently, there's consistency across all age groups. 
According to Andrew Mawson, who is the managing director, employers have to realize that the genie is out of the bottle. So, a couple of questions, and DJ, I don't know if you want to weigh in here, because I know you are downtown. You have to be downtown. You can't do your your job switching uh, from home, or can you? Uh, no, I mean, it would be a huge technical issue to get me and all of our producers' ability to do that. I don't even know. I guess in some world it's possible, but at this time, no, somebody's got to sit in the chair I'm in and, and man this board in front of me. But I, I think I'm with that. What would it be? 97% that don't want to go back in full time because for me, that meant showing up here late morning and have a meeting in person with you and Jordana in your office. Right. And I'm now able to do all of that work from home. I have a laptop. I have everything I need from home. Everything's stored in the cloud. I can show up here half an hour or sometimes five minutes before the show if I need to and be ready to go and still do a good show. And I think there's a lot of things I've learned in my job during COVID. And I think in every industry, we've learned what things we can do remotely, what things we can do from home on a laptop or from Colorado or from Florida or wherever. And then what things we can't do and what things we really need to be in person for, what types of meetings we need to be in person for. And to just flip the switch whenever, you know, your company deems COVID to be over, whatever that means, to flip the switch and say, all right, we're back to life as it was two years ago. I, I don't think that's realistic. And I think it would be denying all the things we've learned over the last two years. I mean, this was a great experiment and, you know, at, at huge expense, but let's not throw out the things we've learned about yeah. what we yeah. can do successfully uh, from home or remotely and what we can't. Let's learn from those things. And I think that reflects in the survey you said where only 3% of people want to just flip that switch and go back yeah. 100% in office. So I don't know what that means for me. I don't mind coming into the office occasionally or you know, or for part of my day, but I don't think I ever want to go back to a, a situation where I'm 40 hours in an office. I'm with you. And, and look, the futility of spending two or three hours a day in your vehicle commuting to do the same things downtown you could be doing at home. I get that. But I guess I was surprised that the number was so low, 3%. A couple of takeaways. People don't miss their colleagues very much, right? I mean, the whole face-to-face -face interaction, hey, I miss the people I, I work with. So that, that was one surprise. And the other thing, too, is the, the whole creative pushback. You got to be face to face. You have to be in a conference room. You have to be staring at somebody because 70% of communication is nonverbal. You have to look at their body language and you can't get that from Zoom. That's what I hear from some executives. How do you innovate? How do you disrupt if, if people are at home staring at screens? Yeah. Can you get the same innovation at home that you can face to face? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think I do know, and I think the answer is no, you can't. You need to be in person for those things. But I don't need to sit in person in an office for 40 to 50 hours a week for the once a week, once a month, once a quarter meeting where we are really brainstorming and collaborating and being creative. It's not even every meeting that's like that. Most of the meetings we all go to are pretty humdrum and, you know, you go, work through your agenda and everyone gets back to work. And there's no reason to drive into an office to do that type of meeting and that type of work. I think just for the record, uh, every meeting at CCO I've ever been in was amazing, <laughs> miraculous. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. Yes, you're right. 
<laughs> but yeah, some are better than others. So, um, is Russia on the verge of trying to turn Ukraine into a failed state? We talk with one policy expert who theorizes that's exactly what Vladimir Putin is setting out to do. He's up next. Just because you're not paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. I'm, and certainly following the events right now in Eastern Europe is uh, the source of considerable paranoia, especially for folks in Ukraine uh, who cannot, did not get out. Now the question, is Russia coming in? 130,000 troops poised on the border. In fact, they're pretty much almost surrounded. And the question is, are they going in this week? Some experts say as early as Wednesday, uh, artillery shelling, bombing might begin, followed by a partial occupation or maybe a total occupation of Ukraine. Trying to figure out what is the end game. And uh, couldn't help but notice some interesting things uh, from Harry Kazianis. He's senior director the Center for the National Interest, which is a Washington, D.C.-based think tank founded by President Richard Nixon. Uh, Harry, joining us right now. Mr. Kazianis, welcome. Hey, good to be with you. Thank you. You write something uh, that made me do a double take. You said, um, President Putin has all the weapons and soldiers needed right now to not only successfully invade at least 50% of Ukraine and conquer it, but perhaps more important, he has in place the ability to turn Ukraine into a failed nation. And that might be his actual goal in the first place. Can you expand on that? And what led you to that conclusion? Well, sure. I mean, actually, it's Putin's own words that kind of led me there. Putin, for the longest time, has made a lot of statements, but things to the effect that Ukraine isn't a real country, that you know, Russia's actually true birthplace was in Ukraine, that both countries are, are really joined at the hip through history and culture. And that makes a lot of sense. But the thing that Putin is most afraid of is in, you know, five or 10 years from now, that Ukraine will be a vibrant democracy, really isn't right now. You know, it'll have a stronger economy, maybe one that's you know, not as strong as Russia's, but certainly up there and, and a threat to Russia overall. So I think what Putin basically wants to do here is not to necessarily invade the country, not just, you know, take it over or something like that. But I think his goal is, is is to damage its military, damage its economy to such an extent that the European Union would never grant membership, that NATO would never grant membership, essentially turn it into a state that's essentially dependent on Russia. And I think looking at all of Putin's options, that I think is his best goal, to be honest with you. Interesting. But isn't this what's happening right now? Uh, with all the saber rattling, isn't this strengthening NATO? NATO was in a bit of disarray for for the longest time. Now you have some Scandinavian countries that are very interested in joining NATO. Isn't this strengthening the NATO pact? Well, this is where I think Putin miscalculated. I think what, what Vladimir Putin thought was that Joe Biden would back down that because of what happened in Afghanistan and you know the way we withdrew, I mean, you know, you could you can sort of reason that on either side of the spectrum. But I think Putin saw Joe Biden as essentially being a weak and incompetent president, and he thought this would be my chance to really get a pledge from Ukraine to never join NATO and never join the European Union. And I think Putin really thought that he would be able to get that sort of promise out of the Ukrainians, or maybe have essentially Joe Biden give it by fiat or something like that. But Putin now really is, is, is in a pickle here. I mean, if you look actually in the spring of last year, 
Putin did something very similar. He brought in about 68,000 troops in the Ukrainian border, saber-rattled, didn't get much out of that. But this time now he's up the ante by essentially doubling the amount of troops on the border and bringing in all his best air defense equipment, tanks, heavy machinery, um, all different types of missiles. So he's really sort of doubled down on this strategy. As, as sir, you pointed out, I mean, basically now NATO is revitalized. and You've got countries like Finland and others who we never thought would want to join NATO are, are now actually considering it. Hmm. Do you think it's the bluff of the century uh, to exert maximum pressure, or do you think there will, in fact, be an invasion? I think Putin would be extremely foolish to invade. I do think this is a bluff. The reason I say that is because if you look at all of Russia's statistics, Russia is a nation that is in decline. Its demographics are terrible. It's actually lost population for almost the last 20 years. Its quality of life is terrible. Uh, there's an epidemic of alcoholism and, and drug abuse within Russia that makes a lot of our drug abuse problems in the United States actually look a, a lot less than what we would think. Um, Russia's economy is actually smaller than South Korea. Uh, so Russia has a wow. lot of problems. And I, I think for Putin, this is a way to, to try to get the Russian people sort of out of this mindset that they're in decline, that you know maybe they could sort of get back some of those vestiges of being like the Soviet Union all over again. But for Putin, again, I think this is a miscalculation because he expected Joe Biden to back down. And now I think Putin either has to find a way out or damage Ukraine enough in some sort of maybe mid-level military incursion, if you will, not a full invasion, where they're damaged enough and he can take the sanctions maybe for a few years to make it worth his while. So this is what I think Putin is sort of thinking in the Kremlin right now. Hmm. Again, we're talking with Harry Kazianis, Senior Director at the Center for the National Interest, a Washington, D.C.-based think tank. And I'm fascinated by, by your analysis of this. And I'm, I'm just curious, we hear so much about sanctions, and obviously Ukraine not being a member of NATO, there will not be U.S. forces on the ground in Ukraine oh. However, we have forces on the ground nearby in Poland and Romania and all the other NATO countries. But what what possible economic sanctions could cause Putin to hesitate and say, yeah, maybe I don't want them taking my my property, my real estate in London? Is there anything economically that would cause Putin pause? Well, there's one. It's, it's, it's actually one word acronym called SWIFT. So anybody who's done any international banking or done international wire transfers knows what this is. It's essentially a code that you have to enter in to get your, your money transfer, if you will. And really right. what it is, to make a very long story short, it's an international clearinghouse where currencies are traded back and forth in, in, in U.S. dollars usually. And it, one the theory is, is that we could threaten Putin by saying we will kick you out of this international monetary system of using SWIFT. And essentially Russian rubles would not be able to convert it over into dollars. That would be a huge economic blow to Putin, considering oil is traded in dollars. And, of course, Vladimir Putin's whole economy is based on oil. So for him, that is actually a mortal threat. He's actually said in the past, or his ministers rather, that that would be the akin to a declaration of war against Russia. I think that would be something that would really get his attention. And there's a lot of other minor things we can do, you know, banning him from getting serving microchips from the United States. He could go to China and get those. And he could really bolster his quasi-alliance with China if, if we hit him with some, you know, moderate-level sanctions. But if you target him with SWIFT, I guarantee you will get his attention. What about, I guess, what keeps me up at night? Cyber war? And could could some sort of a miscalculation expand beyond Ukraine into 
NATO territory into Eastern Europe, where suddenly, you know, a, a series of bad decisions or mistakes and this thing spirals. Is that a possibility or you think remote? Oh, no, it's, 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 it's not impossible. I mean, think of it this way. All NATO countries are pledged to defend each other through Article 5, which is what the thing that is always talked about in the media. An attack on one is an attack on all, so to speak. Well, imagine a scenario where an errant Russian missile that was aimed at Ukraine has, let's say, a guidance missile failure, and it crash lands in Poland. God forbid somebody dies. Technically, that could be an Article 5 violation, and that could mean NATO is at war with Russia. Now, that's taking it to the most extreme measure that you could, but there's a lot of different possibilities where an, an accidental missile launch, uh, a Russian fighter gets too close to a U.S. fighter, maybe in the Baltics at this time. There's a lot of interactions that happen almost on a daily or weekly basis where U.S. and Russian forces are very close to one another. They just don't get in the headlines that much. And all it would take would be, you know, two fighter jets getting too close, crash landing, accidental missile. I mean, there, there's countless ways where there are pathways to war. And Ukraine could be that spark, and that's what makes this so dangerous. Because remember, Russia and the United States are nuclear-armed nations. What is your confidence level that this is a bluff on a scale of 0 to 100? Are you like 70% that Putin's bluffing? I would say I'm a good 8.5 on the bluff, to be honest with you. Wow. But I think, and I, the, reason, the reason I think that is because something very telling came out today. Vladimir Putin had a very scripted meeting with his foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov. And Putin said to Lavrov, you know, what do you think that of the possibility of some sort of diplomatic solution? Should we continue talking to the West? And Sergei Lavrov said in a very scripted way, I don't think our diplomatic options have been exhausted yet. So for those who are thinking, oh, my God, I'm listening to the press reports, Russia's going to evade on Wednesday. I don't think so. Plus, you have the German chancellor actually coming, I think, to, to, to Moscow on Wednesday or Thursday. I think the date has been sort of locked down yet. So I think we still have a little bit of time to avert a crisis here. But I, I think the thing is, is just like anything in, in diplomacy or politics, you have to give both sides an out where, they, where they're able to save face. And that's the right. trick in this situation. Right. Some sort of off-ramp. Man, I hope you're right. Harry Kazianis, uh, Senior Director, Center for the National Interest. Thank you for joining us on CCO today. Much appreciated. Thank you. No problem. You bet. When we come back, the weaponization of music. You won't believe what's happening, what's going on in New Zealand right now and how uh, folks are using music as a weapon. That's up next on CCO. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <laughs> DJ, you don't like this? This is Barry Manilow. I remember I mean, all I was trying to go to sleep right now, sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this and some crashing waves and we'll be right out. Well, 
nothing wrong with Barry Manilow, especially when the volume's down low. But uh, <laughs> here's the deal: uh, New Zealand is trying to make vaccine protesters uncomfortable. They won't go home, so they've been using um, sprinklers to try to get them wet, which just annoys them. And they've been blasting Barry Manilow. Would that be enough? If that was blasted, would you go home if you kept hearing that? Crawl crawl back into the tent and take a nap. (laughs) Or the truck, or I don't know, what are they staying in? (laughs) Put on headphones. Uh, They're also playing uh, the Macarena, apparently, to try to get them to disperse. So, I don't know. I like the Macarena. Yeah, yeah it, crank it. Okay. Yeah, well, prove it. Do the dance right now. Let's see it. <laughs> the paramedics will show up. You don't know the dance. Try to dance. <laughs> no. So here, here's what I find funny. So we we've got a a bit of a uh, a music war going on in New Zealand. Protesters said, "No, uh, we're not going to disperse, and we will play our own tunes." And here's what they played. Twisted Sister, 1983, we're not going to take it, yeah. So we got Barry Manilow in one corner, and we got Twisted Sister, and what a mess. I found it interesting, too. New Zealand, and and look, they're an island, actually two islands, 53 coronavirus deaths among a population of 5 million. So overall, they did a pretty good job. But yeah, people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. We all want some sense of normalcy coming back. We want a lot of things. I uh, mentioned some time ago that one of my first gigs was working at McDonald's, and I actually had a good time. I loved I loved the people I worked with. We had a riot. And this is back before automation and computers. I mean, this was back in the, what was it, mid-'70s. Um, if technology ever takes over my next trip to Mickey D's, might sound something like this. Welcome to McDonald's. What can I get for you today? Uh, what? Where? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Hi. I, uh, I'd like a Big Mac, a uh, ten-piece nuggets, and a uh, a chocolate shake, please. Would you like fries with that? Yeah. Yes. Uh, sure. I'll take a large fry. Anything else? Uh, one of those uh, those apple pie thingies. Yeah. Paul, that's kind of a lot. Well, well, that's that's rude. I'm I'm hungry. Cut me a break. Anything else? No. Don't you think Lori wants something? How, how do you know I'm married to somebody named Lori? Ba da 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 da. I'm loving it. <laughs> Computers are taking over. The Matrix was overly optimistic. Yeah, the computers take over. I am a friend of the computers. So I just want to go on record. So here's the deal. And thank you, DJ, for brightening up my day. I had way too much fun with that. Doesn't lay. Yeah, you're putting on a few pounds, Paul. Maybe ba, da, 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 I'm loving it. 
favorite. <laughs> Very lifelike. <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh, my God. Okay. So here's the deal. Um, McDonald's in Chicago is rolling out a voice recognition system. Ten of the drive throughs at various McDonald's in sh- Chicago. And I didn't McDonald's get started in Chicago? Actually, I think the first McDonald was out in the West Coast. The guys were actually named McDonald, and then an astute operator in Chicago stumbled upon these guys and uh, franchised this, and the rest is history. But uh, this McDonald's uh, in Chicago is using artificial intelligence to try to determine what people are ordering, what people are saying. And And look, it's tricky. I mean... People, you know, some people with accents and people, you know, it, it, it's it's hard understanding people on a good day. And then you try to teach a computer. But uh, the technology is still in its infancy. It's about 85% accurate. <laughs> I feel their pain. 85%. Okay. One in five orders, DJ, still needs a little help from an actual human being. And by the way, White Castle and Sonic are tinkering with the same kind of voice automation. Which makes me wonder, are they doing this so they need fewer people, right? So they need less staff so they can cut their costs? Or do they redeploy the person who was doing drive-through to make fries or shakes or whatever? I don't know. Well, at the end of the day, it's certainly to cut payroll expenses, right? If you can have 10 people run on McDonald's instead of 20, that's a massive savings. Yeah, I guess you're right. My question is, um, why, you know, like I've gone to some restaurants, I know Taco Bell for sure has the screens where you can just order on a touch screen. And that seems like it would have a lot more success if you could cut out, because the voice recognition thing seems like it's not quite there yet. So why can't you pull up and a screen, you know, that maybe swings over to your car and you just punch it in? On the screen, like that seems like it'd be a better technology to use. Yeah, maybe, but that screen would have to be weatherproof, and it would get stained. And that's true. It'd be schmutz on that screen. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I feel your pain. I, I don't know. Or, or some people wouldn't want to touch the screen. Yeah, I guess. Or, or you do it on your own phone. I mean, I mean, obviously you can do that with an online order, but maybe there's a drive-through version of that where you just scan something and the menu pops up on your phone. It's fun to speak a, a foreign language, though. When you, I, I, I know hey, just enough German. Speak some to low German and <laughs> see <Yeah>. what happens. Danke schön, ja. Ich weiß, ja. Ich möchte ein und Hamburger und yeah. All right. Um, oh, and I saw this. I'm going to squeeze this in. Uh, I know how much you love the outdoors. So do I. Canadian patience can be sent home with a prescription for a National Parks Pass. Instead of just saying, here's a pill that will cure you, I I found it interesting that doctors in Canada now have the option of writing a prescription for a Parks Pass. Two hours of nature every week can lead to a range of benefits, lower stress hormones, Lower heart rate variability, higher self-esteem among children, lower anxiety for young and old alike. 
think that that could catch on, right? Instead of, you know, here's a fistful of pills, good luck. Here, check out a, a state park or a national park and I mean, that'll that'll lower your blood pressure. If that really works, might be some doctors out of a job. I can tell you to go to the park and take a walk. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not arguing that it works, but how about we just all do that and not have a prescription for it? Yeah. 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 Too simple? Okay. <laughs> Dave Josephson for yeah. governor. Yeah. No. No, thank you. <laughs> Who wants that gig? All right. Uh, when we come back, a few show highlights next. Paul, back with you. Thanks for thanks for joining us today. We uh, covered a lot of ground, and we appreciate uh, Dr. Lori Watson and her advice on this Valentine's Day. She talked about what it means to be responsive sexually. Being responsive sexually doesn't mean having sex every time your partner wants to have sex, but it does mean being responsive about the sexual relationship. You know, if you're not in the mood, you say, honey, I love that you are just wanting to be connected in intimacy, but I'm bone tired tonight. I will be yours in the morning. And you say it with a smile and with gladness in your face, and that's response. And that keeps the sexual attachment cycle strong. Okay. Have to try that. Financial advisor Andy Tate uh, provided some advice during a tumultuous time in the world of finance. Be patient. I think the key right now, and I think a lot of people overlook the, the, the power of cash and making sure that you have enough cash on hand and allow yourself to weather this storm. We've been through this before. Granted, every situation is slightly different or unique, but we've been in other turbulent times. And ultimately, if you look back on some of the, the values that worked, cash, cash helps. So make sure that you have enough set aside so you are able to make good decisions versus being forced to make a poor decision at a bad time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you to Andy Tate. And we also talked to Mike Max about the Super Bowl, his takeaways. Burrow was okay. He was nothing sensational yesterday. But I got to tell you, in the Super Bowl, generally speaking, you come off a Super Bowl win and you feel, or you've been to the Super Bowl, you feel pretty good about your team. I'd be very concerned if I was Cincinnati about their offensive line because that that was, I mean, that, that was a disaster in the playoffs, even though they won games. And, and right. Burrow was constantly, I mean, he had to be thinking about that all the time. Yeah, they tried to change their game plan up, and then Raheem Morris adjusted for the Rams, and uh, uh, that didn't work. And the Bengals are, I mean, how you get that far with that bad offensive line is beyond me. Yeah. Thank you to Mike Max. Appreciate his perspective. DJ, it's not too late. It's almost 6 o'clock. You should get Katrina a Valentine's Day gift, a card, something, anything. Well, what should I get on the way home? Where should I go? I don't Maybe just stop at the gas station and get some beef jerky. (laughs) (laughs) Should I make a little bouquet of the beef jerky? Different beef jerkies. That would be nice. Put it in some cheese dip. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Anything else? It's the thought that counts. Okay, okay. The, my one takeaway from today is that uh, you don't have the greatest marriage and relationship advice. <laughs> what? I resent that. Well, I, you t- earlier you told me just to basically just you know shut up and say yes, dear. Um, I and, think that's the best listen. advice and, you will and get you today. That, and you said to listen less, basically to just. No, I said I said go deaf. <laughs> That's the same right? as listen less. You become hard of hearing, and you yeah. just nod a lot. Yeah. Thank right? you for proving my point for me. <laughs> I'm just, 
But the best advice you can get, telling you as a friend. Yeah, beef jerky? Yes, honey. <laughs> yes, honey, you're right. You're absolutely oh, right. I man. Will, I will try harder. I will Yeah, give me another shot. May I sleep in the house now, or do I have to keep sleeping <laughs> in my car? Not up to me. I talked to Lori about that. <laughs> All right. Jordana's back to save us from ourselves tomorrow. Hang in there. Be safe. Get sloppy out there. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.